Hi, it's Pete Price Extra. Have you joined us yet? Why not subscribe? Because we've got so much happening. Now, here's a fabulous interview. Cheryl Ferguson, who was in EastEnders, is a lovely human being. And she's got a lot to say. And I love her for it. Especially when you think of what she's doing now. And she's be- she's a great lady who does a lot of theatre. Why not join us and listen to Cheryl Ferguson on Pete Price Extra. Ladies and gentlemen, I spoke to this lady a while ago. She was in Maggie May. She's doing Panto. She's doing shows. She did an outrageous show recently. It is Cheryl Ferguson, who was one of my favourite characters ever, and you know I mean it, in EastEnders. I loved Heather Trump. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. I was in it for five years. I've been out of it for six and a half, and still I get people coming up and saying, Hev, Hev, oh, hello, Hev, Hev. Oh, can we have a picture? Oh, can I have a cuddle? And it's, it's just one of those characters that was a joy to play for that amount of time. And, you know, it's great that people still have that admiration for you. She, she must have made lots of people's lives, uh, you know, happy. So I'm, I'm really pleased that she affected people in that way. Um, the only thing is, I wish that other now casting directors for other soaps, other dramas, um, would open their minds and go, well, she's an actress. Let's see what she can do in our soap or our drama or whatever and, and that's the only I think sometimes that's the downfall that sometimes people can't see beyond you doing one thing they can't see that you aren't you are an actress and you can do other things and so I'm um, you know I'm, I'm, I'm a, uh, an actress who lives up here now in the northwest and um, just uh, you know I'm putting out them offers uh, anybody wants me Pete they can have me do you know what I mean well <laughs> it's interesting what you say I've been in the industry 50 years and I yeah. always remember the greatest lesson I ever learned I was, I was working in Jen in Brighton with Cannon and Ball. They weren't big stars, but a director came to see them and didn't see further than the bad audience. And they didn't get the TV show. The rest is history. But how dare he? He's the director. He had his team with him. And it's like you. You're a great character. I could see you in Emmerdale. And you would be a different person. You wouldn't be from EastEnders. You're an actress, yes. and well, that's that, what you do best. That's what we do. I mean, I mean, I've just recently done a play in Wolverhampton. I had to learn the Black Country accent for that. I mean, I live, like I said, I live in Lancashire now, and everything. I, I'm beginning to get that twang of the past and the grass, yeah. and everything is different. So, uh, for me, it's um, it would be a lovely treat to be able to step into another drama if that was possible to do, um, and like you said, to create more characters more different yeah. things um, and uh, you know people are always asking when are you coming back on the telly again when are you doing this when are you doing that why don't you get into Corrie get your agent to get you into Emmerdale da, 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 da. and you go it's not as easy as that no, if it was easy they don't understand but I would yeah. you know of course at a drop of a hat tomorrow I'd love to go but um, you know it is what it is Pete you know? were you annoyed when they killed you off at EastEnders I was shocked, I have to say, um, and so was Linda Henry, who plays Shirley, my sort of other sort of sidekick in it. Um, we always go up, used to go up for storylines, and um, this particular time I thought I was going for a storyline, and I knew that there was something was wrong because the producer was in tears, and he sort of basically said, I'm sorry, Cheryl, we're, we're having to let you go. Um, and I went, oh, I was sort of a bit taken back, and I, I said, look, thank you very much, I've had you know, five amazing years here, it's been, it's been brilliant. And he said, we're going to um we're going to kill you off and I went oh okay fine and he says sometimes this happens when we we, you know we 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 kill a character off so to see how other characters sort of progress and what you know will happen to them and I said that that's absolutely look you know thank you for having me that's all I could say really I was shocked I was a bit sort of like 
I, I, I felt that the character had lots more to, to offer. There was lots of avenues they could have uh, gone down. Um, they were at one point talking about bringing a, my dad into it and I'd given them lots of ideas for, to, to help them with that. And that would have been another a great thing to see. But you know what? It's, it's a, you know, I've, done, I've been so lucky, and I'm touching wood here, that um, you know, I've, I've not really stopped um, since I've left. And it's been a lot of theatre, which is great. You get that live sort of thing back. I've been touring Menopause the Musical for the last three years, about to do it again next year for, uh, uh, for six months. So, um, but I would like to get back on the box again, and I'm, I'm watching lots of different things and thinking, oh, you know, yeah. we, you know, we need a great period drama on telly, and I'd love to be in that because I'm in a corset here at the Royal Court, yeah. and you know, I'd love to sort of be in a corset on, yeah. on some sort of. Now, it's interesting you say thing. that because I always remember Les Dennis didn't think he was going to be killed off. No, you know, you don't. No. And every soap star I know, I, mean, I know yeah. so many of the yeah, guys yeah, and sure. girls at yeah. work, and I love it. And what I loved was, I mean, the George Michael storylines mm. were magical. Yeah, and George, absolutely. Magical. I mean, George was a friend as well, so that was even. It was obviously very, very yeah. hard when he passed away. Um, and um, I met George through the soap because he loved watching EastEnders and he would send me presents um, every other month he would send me a little present and then I would get to know him and he would t- uh, I would allow me to come to his concerts and to his parties afterwards and things so I did get to know the man and um, yeah, and he was a very generous lovely guy mm. I mean and Everybody has their demons, so that that's just the way of the world. And um, especially in our industry, well, yeah, exactly. And um, you know, you shouldn't be pointing fingers. You need to look at yourself in a mirror first, I think, before you start pointing fingers at people. But he, you know, it's obviously come out now since he's passed away of, of all of his amazing charity work that he's done and he did. Um, he was a he was a good good man and a talent that we've lost. We've lost this complete talent um, uh, with a voice like smooth silk. You know, he was, um, he was a great guy. And, and obviously a great compliment in, in EastEnders when they said to me, you know, you, you're going to be liking George Michael and George Michael, he's going to be your hero and you're going to have a baby and you're going to call him George Michael. And I'm like, oh, this is all very exciting. And um, yeah, there were some great storylines. Um, uh, one actually came from a real um, thing that happened, which was... Uh, there on the on the um set uh, I was about to go to work in real life and um, at the time Minty who plays a guy who plays Minty Cliff lived across the road from where George lived in Highgate and Linda and I were going to work and he said oh George lives over there da, da, da. anyway we went over to have a little look I was having a look through the railings this is before I knew him and um Cliff pressed the buzzer and they ran off. They did that thing and left me standing there. And this sash window, this sash window opened and marigolds came out of the window. And this woman went, "Yes, can I help you?" And I went, "Um, is George there, please?" And I felt really silly. And then she said, "Oh, it's Heather Trotter." And she came running down and so and she said, "Oh, I let George know you're here. He's out. He's da 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 da." And literally, I'd gone um, to work, and in the space of me going to work, George had phoned up the work and said oh I'm sorry that I've missed Cheryl and the clan and um, that and must have been a great oh boss. I was a bit I was over the moon I was like oh hello you know when we finish this interview yes remind me to tell you my story about George Michael right I okay. can't put mine on <laughs> <laughs> no but I mean that storyline led to me telling yeah. the story people and then they created this great storyline where I uh, yeah. allegedly broke into George Michael's house and the rest mm. is all history but it was um, great times great no. times 
I've watched soaps all my life, yeah. and I'm not going to put you on the spot over this, no. but I think EastEnders right now has lost it, so I won't put yeah. you on the spot over yeah. that. I don't know if you're allowed to comment or criticise all you I want. I like, I'm a general person watching. Let me tell you before we go yeah, further go down there, the reason I say that is, there's magic in soaps, mm. and you and Shirley yeah. had magic, yeah. and they, you know, it's your cannon of balls, it's your Morecambe and Wises, and you know... Directors and producers should think further with yeah. that yeah. because that is something people don't understand. Yeah. I think she was lost without you as an actress yes, on, on yeah. set. Yeah, I think in a way there is still that thing. She hasn't found another person yeah. to bounce yeah. from, and they keep putting people there to, for her to bounce off of, and and, and they don't see it doesn't seem to work. There's not a real gelling going on, but I mean, in a way, that's why I think Corrie works because Corrie's had um, its. Couples, you know, it had its Veras, you know, and Jacks, and it's had its Ildrogdons, and it's had its Stans, and, and you kind of, they're magical characters, you can still remember them. And like, if I think now, you know, I look at Angie and Den in EastEnders, now they were only in it for a very short time, but people still go, yeah. oh, I watched it when Angie and Den were in it. And you go, oh, wow. And you go, I remember when uh, it was Vera and Jack, or, you know, and this is the thing, I think where Cory, they seem to, able to keep their characters mm. and keep hold of them because they value the people who are watching them you know all their viewers and they see further yes they, feel there's they a further see further they see further that's and, what I mean, annoyed uh, yeah, me when, when yeah, you went that's yeah. what annoyed me uh, and, and then I couldn't cope with which Ben killed you yes. it's about 11 yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I went through two of them while right. I was there um, there was I think three all in all um, but it's um, yeah yeah, I think, and, and I think that thing of, you know, they bring people back in the hope that that will do it. And sometimes it does bring the ratings up. I mean, the, this is how I see it. I see it that each soap, each soap stroke drama, because that's what they're called now, um, they have, it, that we all have our Hamlet moment and we all have our spear carrying moment. And I think it goes round in circles and cycles. And I think it depends who's writing for the soaps at the time, who is the executive producers of the soaps to make decisions, who knows the soaps inside out. And I think that's what's important. If you've got somebody at the, at the helm who knows that soap inside out, knows their job inside out, they they should be able to know... Heather Trot wasn't able to get on a tube, for example. They should know that some, you know, a certain character doesn't like something and doesn't like another thing, and you know, um, and it's like I tell you who's great for that: June Brown. June Brown, oh. she is like the idol of sitting there, and she could say to me, she would sit in her house yeah. and she would go in on the set, and she'd go, "They've moved that fruit bowl." They've moved the fruit bowl, and that's they've done. She would know what was in her cabinets, in her fruit bowls, in, in her, her purse, in her per ev, in the yeah. tins, in yeah. the laundrette. Yeah. I mean, she was. She is an incredible actress. She's she's somebody. I spoke to her the other oh, night. Oh, did you? Because she's... I loved her with Doctor Leg. Yes. Yeah, she... Oh, that wasn't he's that 90, great. Ninety two. Yeah, Mr. Fenton. And she... Yes. Unbelievable. Uh, he, Leonard Fenton, and he he um mm. that was to me yeah. just lovely. That was joyous. Yeah. Him coming and, and I, I love it when bit. she speaks to me. Oh, you, you are so sweet sending me these messages. And do you know what I do? And she knows I do it. I will talk to her, put the phone down, have a bath, 
cook still say no yes. go back <laughs> oh you can do that I mean that, you can do that with June totally you, she can she can tell she can talk to you and then you she used to do it like just before a scene she'd be saying to me oh yes and we're doing this and we've been, I've been doing this show and then she'd start talking and it was the scene and you go when did oh, you stop did oh, oh okay oh, we're, in, we're doing the scene now alright okay I used to get the hang of that yeah. and of course lovely lovely um, Barbara, Barbara Windsor yeah, yeah. Um, and um, and uh, that is terribly terribly sad and but mm. But you know what? She is still a very distinguished lady who um, has most amazing stories to tell. And she, you know, you can still sit down and she can still remember certain things yep. and tell us things. And and I will always treasure some of the stuff that she told me at Enders and the professional um, advice that she gave me, which was, um, and the thing I never forget, which was basically, doesn't matter what is going on within your four walls at home, as soon as you open your door and you go out there to the general public, you put a smile on your face. And she, and I never forget that. And um, whether that's a right thing or a wrong thing, or whether you should be discussing all your problems or not discussing your problems, I think... There was a, there's a dignity to that, do you know what I mean, and a professionalism. And she was, she was, you know, oh, she is. I'm talking like she's not here. She is here, yeah. and she's gorgeous. And you know, and Scott's doing an amazing job. Um, he is indeed. Her, and where did I first meet her? Where? In this dressing room. Oh, you're All joking! I just went sick. Oh when my you said, god! Oh, she was in Panto with Vince Hill. Uh, with Vince Hill. Oh my and goodness this me! This is where we hit it off. Oh many, my goodness! Oh well, well, she, well, she's here with me. That's great. That's fantastic. And the week before that, are you ready for this? Go on. Same dressing room. I had dinner the next night with Marlene Dietrich. Oh. Oh, and that is, do you know, and I did um, the Blue Angel in, uh, for the, with the Royal Shakespeare Company. Right. I was in Blue Angel, oh, um, right. with, directed by Trevor Nunn, yeah. all those years ago. Well, that was about God knows what we did. We toured with the Royal Shakespeare Company, went into the West End, doing Marlene and Dietrich's, wow. um, uh, you know, the yep. uh, Blue Angel, which was, wow. that, that's Oh my isn't goodness, isn't it? Isn't, isn't it? Amazing. We've got there's a lot of history between us. I mean, you there is, and we've you got being only yet. a couple of years older than <laughs> yeah. me, Mr. Price. But now um, tell me about this play going on again because it's outrageous. Yeah, it isn't is. It? Yeah, um, I've you got join it. Uh, yeah, I've got uh, menopause musical, and um, we you know we start in January. We're, we're going all around the UK. We're going actually all the way to. We're going whole of Scotland. We're doing the whole of Ireland, and um, that's myself, Maureen Nolan, um, Rebecca Wheatley, and Hilary O'Neill. And there's, um, uh, uh, it's, just, it's, a, it's an incredible sort of um, four women meeting, uh, going through the change uh, at various stages, various characters. I play a slightly hippie, so I'm a little bit like Barbara Streisand in Meet the Fockers, can we say that? Yeah. Meet the Fockers. The, the, so I'm a little bit like that. That's my kind of character. But we sing again, and they're all parody songs. They're all songs from um, you know, the 60s and 70s with the words changed. So people know the tunes, but they laugh because the lyrics are yeah. hysterical. Um, and I've like, That's had brilliant reviews. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it sells out everywhere we go. And I bit, we, we did The Empire last year, and um, we, I, we, I think we've been there a couple of times, actually, yeah. Two, yeah, a couple of years. Um, and it's, um, it is one of those that kind of sells out. And it's, um, it, I think it's one of those solidarity things. You know, it's 90, 90 sort of 8% women come to see it and the 2% men 
or more who should come to see it really because it is like you know they're the ones that go oh that's why my other halves are <laughs> chucking Tonka toys in my head you know um, but it's um, you know it's a great uh, thing to be involved in going back to EastEnders mm. um, and as you know both of us know Paul O'Grady very well yes he always Paul. tells me that the, the, the lovely lady who plays Shirley yeah, Linda, is yeah. the most private private lady very very much so I mean in fact there's um Paul, when Paul did Paul O'Grady's show, he'd been trying to get Linda on it for years and years and years, and she she kind of didn't want to come. And then he said, uh, she said, I'll come on, Paul, because she's a friend, if I can bring Cheryl. Yeah. Well, it was the most hysterical show. I saw it. That's it was hilarious. Yeah. And, um, you know, and Paul's like, you know, and she's sort of like trying to be kind of... But, you know, we've been out with bevies with him before now, I mean, and Linda. And, in fact, uh, it was Paul, myself and Linda went to see an evening with Al Pacino in London and uh, Linda lost it. She lost it because she's an absolute Al Pacino fan and he was sort of saying hello to her and she was almost bowing to him like the Queen and Paul was going, oh, get up, get up, get up. She said, get up, get up. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was quite funny. We went know. to see him in Leeds. Oh, did you? <laughs> and we couldn't see him for the bouncers because he oh, so he's so small. <laughs> he had about 12 rounds. Oh, <laughs> well, we, we, no, we got like, into, we had the bit beforehand and we were, we were able to go and see him but um, it was, uh, no, but Paul was it, Paul's great. Paul's just I'm, I went to his um, one of his parties, uh, his birthday just before Scylla passed away. Yeah. Actually, it was Scylla was there, and and it was lovely. It was all like his friends around him, and it was um, it was all the people that we knew. You know, Julian Clary. There was Scylla. There was Barbara. There was yeah. It was yeah. just one of those things where everybody sort of. Yeah, and, and Paul is always very generous, and he's very funny, and he's very, and he's also quite private, you know. Paul oh, as well. he is indeed. And so, you know, it's, um, yeah. you know, he's, it's, it's good. I, I think. I mean, I've always said this about Liverpool. This place has, and the northwest, I think, has funny bones. It's, it, you are, you have funny bones. There's not, there's no doubt about it. The music, there's no, there's no comparison. You have the best music, and you've always produced the best music, but. Just in terms of the variety and the people that are here and the and you're talking about Cannon Ball. Actually last night I was with Bobby um in uh somewhere last night with him and he said to me, What's the difference, Cheryl, between a, a comic and a comedian? And he was telling me and it all made sense. And I knew what the difference was between a comic and he went he said, Tommy Cooper was a comic. He said, Tommy Cooper's a comic, he said, um and Someone like I would say Bob Monkhouse is a comedian, and it and yeah. I and it left me to work it out, and I just thought I know exactly what you're talking about. It's about the clownism. It's about the funniness. It's about not having to the Morecambe and Wise that you don't have to say anything. You could just look at them, Tommy Cooper. You could just look at him, and he you would laugh. And you don't know why you're laughing, yeah. and and the difference between that and somebody who tells jokes. So you um, you were with Bobby, I was who with is Bobby. now. One of the best criers on television. Oh, he's incredible, isn't he? Loved him in Mount Pleasant. He's a cracking actor. He is really, really, he he is really good. Um, Him and Vonnie, um, they live up the road from me now. And um, it was was a complete pleasure to sort of go and meet him when I first moved here. And and, um, uh, and we have a a Sunday club. Um, And and I've been invited to join this Sunday club. uh, Not every Sunday, you know, but whoever comes up is there in this place on Sunday. And um, we have, sometimes we have a bit of a dance, we have a chat and we have um, people drink. And and it's it's just one of those things. And and Bobby's, uh, you know, he's like, I don't know, he's, he's one of those people that he spreads that kind of happiness. And you do still just look at him and he makes you laugh. But exactly what you said, there's that thing of going... 
Oh, you can do... I would have loved him to play my father in EastEnders, for example. Do you know what I mean? That's the vision that I would have liked to have had. I would have loved Bobby to, to, to play. And then knowing that Bobby supports Tommy in his plays that Tommy does, and, and, and they've, got a, uh, they've got years of wealth, years and years of wealth of, of, of starting from nothing and building to something, and then things not quite going right again. And, you know, and it's in his book, and you just kind of go... It's, it's 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 for me. There are not many legendary people left, no, and I'm, and I'm just and, and you know what I say all the time, <clears throat> and I mean this. And we know so many people, mm. um, Silla, Bob Monkhouse. Yeah. There's two. Yeah. When they die, Tommy Cooper. When yeah. they die, anybody can tell their gags and sing their songs, but nobody can do their stage presence. No. That magic, and you know, as an yeah, actress, yeah. when you see something one night and you think. I'll keep that in. Yes. It's that. Yeah. You can't write yeah, that down yeah. in a book. And it's also, like I said, it's yeah. in them, isn't it? Yeah. It's in breath. It's almost like the delivery was always right. That, you know, I mean, I look, people say, like, normal wisdom, the same sort of, You can look at all the people, but like you said, the, the Liverpudlians and all the, the normal... It's like there's something about the the way that it's just so, was natural. They, it was a natural... They're natural storytellers. Yeah. That's what they are. And they're natural observers. And from that, you get very funny men and women yeah. or very talented yeah. singers or very, you know... And, and people sort of... People have their own stories and they have their own, um, you know, whatever, uh, you know, of meeting these people and, and whether they were nice to them or not very nice to them, whatever it is. Yeah. And I always say... You know what? We are always on public show. We are always on, and like Barbara always said, and especially put, with these yes, things now, absolutely. phones and well, that's anybody, what I'm saying. People take pictures of my yeah. groceries. They yeah. take pictures of if I'm eating anything, yeah. you know, whatever it is. And you just kind of think your world isn't your own. Your only your own, your own world and your own privacy is only when you shut your front door. Yeah. That is it now, because the minute you step outside. You are other people's property, and it and for good or for bad, you have to deal with it yeah. in in a way. Those people pay my wages; they come to see the things I'm in. They support my work, and I love that. I I re- also dislike the negativity of it all, and that goes with the press and the media and all of the other stuff with it. And you just go, it's a silly. Why why chop down people? You build them up. Don't chop yeah. them down. There's no point, you know. Unless and they, they can't wait, can they? They no, can't they, wait no, to do it. No, they and it's, can't it's a wait shame to do it. It because is. it's a real shame because yeah. there's so much, uh, and then they don't realise by, because I don't believe in first nights, Pete. I don't know if you know this. I don't believe in first nights in in the theatre at all, and um, I don't believe in them because I don't believe in reviews. I don't believe in all of that kind of thing purely because I think that the paying public is the person who has the right to comment on what they've seen as in you know as in whether they like it or not and they are the people who can pass on those situations i think people who make people who who do reviews whether they're good or they're bad it's it's a very difficult situation because they see so much theatre, they see yeah. so much stuff, and it's all taken a little bit for granted. So it's quite blasé, and they don't realise that actually comments can make oh, they, they could break they, they could break people, yeah. their confidences, yeah. their you know, and you know, it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, we, and know. most of them have no talent. No, do you know what I no. do? I review shows, yeah. and when I don't like them, I don't do a review. Yeah, 
Simple but as that. All, but that says it all then, doesn't Simple it? As that, that says it all. And, they, and, and yeah. you have a right... Everybody, everybody yeah. has a right to a comment. Yeah. You have... We all have... Yeah. We all have a right to say what we think. But what I don't like is the, the battering of... of uh, of making so, you know, because that breaks theatres, it breaks the the people getting out of the houses, going to see things. If you don't like something, keep your mouth shut, yeah. and then and then that by itself yeah. will then say, ah, oh, oh, that's not very good because people, you know, the tickets won't sell, da 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 da, and then it will close, yeah. and that's how it should. That's the natural progression, not by the word of mouth of somebody going, that's rubbish. You, you know? have an opinion. A couple of yeah. questions now. Get out of yeah. your way. I've got to ask, what your opinion on is on reality television? And thank goodness, in my opinion, Big Brother is finishing. What's your opinion? Well, as I don't know if you know, I've I'd done Big Brother when I first came out of EastEnders. Um, so celebrity Big Brother. I did Celebrity That's Big Brother. That's different to me than Big Brother. But well, on. well, it, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I'm one of the honest people who turn around and say I did it because I dangled a very big check at me and uh, I know the difference between what is an Ikea set, which is what it is, and it's not a real house and, you know, they're not going to be my best friends for life. Same as that. Reality telly is... Uh, people's sort of reboot of their um of their careers if they think that is a way but i also think it's a cruel cru- cruelty television i think it's cruel i think a lot of it is um plays with minds and plays with that and if you're not a strong enough person and they do dangle lots of money for you you go in it for that reason but you don't realize that psychologically it can do a lot of damage and i think that's done that to many 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 people over the years on whatever reality program it is um i think you have to be quite strong-minded i think you have to just kind of have sort of water off a duck's back for it and you have to go in with a bit of dignity and if you have dignity and you're um like that in it you're boring to them so you you get voted out easy quickly because you're not interesting to watch you're not there to have um relationships you're not there to do something awful you're not there to kick off you're not there you're just there to sort of go oh but i i always saw this this is this is my understance on things like big brother or any reality show i think there's two programs to be made one is the one that we, the general public sees that is edited and that's what you see and that's what people see and the other one is give each one of those reality people their own camera on them and let's see the conversations they have with the other person because I found out a lot more about my fellow housemates having late night conversations with them found out more about why their opinions were like they were why they were so bigoted at some things why they were I found that out more and that was much more interesting than whether somebody said, oh, you've used my straighteners and, you know, or whatever, the air, the airspray's gone and, you know, or whatever, or you've eaten me coke, you've eaten me chocolate. That's not relevant to me. What is relevant is what, how does that person tick? And that's how you find out, by having conversations. And if you hear and listen, that's the telly I would have liked. I would have loved a camera on yeah. me watching other people and going, right, well, what, what, actually, what, why, why do you write that rubbish in that newspaper? Oh, Okay, it's because of this, isn't it? Well, then, really, you shouldn't do that because you're just doing that. And so, I think there's, I'm always one for like challenging things. And I think, um, I mean, that, and that's not to say I wouldn't do another reality. Oh, you know, I'd love to jump out of a plane on a man's back with a parachute and see, <laughs> um, see if I can squash him. But, um, <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, and. Uh, well, I've got a little plan. If I did, if it offered me the jungle, I've got this little plan, which I hope the viewers will be in on it, really. The plan would be this, which is not, not really a private plan now, because I'm telling you, but it would be that I would go into the bush tucker, I would say to the 
general public, listen, this is a game. This is a bit of a joke. This is a bit of a laugh. Um, and they're not there. They're not my best mates. They're not going to, they're never going to. So what I'm going to do is if Aunt Deck or whoever is going to be producing, uh, presenting this says to me, well, Cheryl, there's, here's a, a free course meal of your best food or you can eat this rubbish and make stars for the camp. Of course I'm going to eat my own food and I'm going to fill my own belly and I'm going to go back very full and I'm going to say, oh, sorry, I couldn't do the stars. I was a bit rubbish. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. Because I'll be all right. But and I know that will make other people, but I think it's one of those things you go... I am a team player, but I just um, there's a little bit of naughtiness in me, which would be like, you know, I would like to just kind of go back and go, oh, I was no good, eh? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, oh, I couldn't even get one. I was really rubbish. I hope nobody ever votes for me again. And then hopefully people vote for me, and I go and get another meal, and I, and I eat good. Because as you can see, Pete, I'm not one to not like my food. Right. So there you go. Why? Last question. Yes, Why? I, listen, I could talk to you forever. I, I think you're a fascinating lady. Why do you love Instagram so much? Oh, Instagram. And your videos. Instagrammy, Instagrammy. Well, it's my son that got me into that because I don't have Nosy Book. I don't have whatever that that Nosy Book thing is. I've never had that. Um, I had, oh, in fact, that's a lie. I had it for about two hours and I didn't like it. So I came off of Nosy Book. Um, and I Twitter is my big thing. I like tweeting and that was my big thing. My son went, oh, mum, you know, to tweeting's all right but you need to do instagram and i was like well how do you do that and da, da. and i think it's just a brilliant way of being able to get to people straight away they know it's from the horse's mouth literally because i'm talking um i like to not wear any makeup i like to look normal i like to be as normal as everybody thinks and not for not anybody to think that you know oh my gosh because people think you have this other world or you live and you're not i'm just a, a mum i'm just a wife i just a, i'm i'm just those things with a very very lucky blessed job and you know and it's like for me it's an instant looking at people and going guess what this is a great show or guess what oh that was awful oh, was a terrible time or guess what this is funny or Mm-mm. and then they go oh yeah she's normal she's all right. she's actually all right and it puts it puts our profession in a less scary in a less um position that everybody thinks they can do it because yeah. i've done you know i've worked my stripes to get where i am on the 30 odd years i've been here i haven't done 15 minutes of fame and um you know and you won't find any pictures anywhere you can pack me all you like you'll never find any with knickers in the air coming out of a club doing anything strange because I'm just a bit normal. I'm just a bit like I don't do that. I just, you know, I want to take my dog for a walk for a beach, you know, on, on the beach, along the beach and stuff. Cheryl Ferguson, I'm over the moon. You I, are a dog. I love you, Petey Price, and that's why your viewers and your viewers, well, your viewers and your listeners, that's why they love you because you are brilliant. Thank you for talking to me. Ah, you're welcome.